What's going on, everybody? JP here, and I got a special guest with me. For those who don't recognize him, if you're not watching the video, uh, it's John DiGiacomo, formerly known as Jameson Winger, WWF. Uh, John, how are you doing today? Good. Oh, we got uh, Jameson. Yeah, I, 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 uh... I don't look the same because uh, my nose got really big and um, and my eyebrows bushy. Um, that... No, hey everybody, hey it's John. Um, really happy to be on board, bud. Hope uh, hope I can give you some uh, entertainment tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Now, you got a a comedy gig coming up uh, in New York at Gio's restaurant uh, yes. August seventh, and you're gonna feed the people some pizza. I heard. No, it's uh, it's uh, gourmet dinner. It's like real for real, like um, really good appetizers, choice of um, really good entree, choice of really good dessert, That's... choice of, and all the coffee and uh, soft drinks you could drink. And if you want alcohol, which I always love, <laughs> um, you can order that and just got to pay separate for that. Yeah, but everything yeah. else is included and it's really beautiful. I mean, it's it's a great restaurant. It's, you know, it's it's definitely three-star um, Italian food. And those basically are going to be the choices. There's seafood, there's chicken, there's, you know, it, it's really, uh, really. And there's vegetarian specials too, just in There case. you go. But I don't, I don't think... Um, the wrestling world and vegetarians uh, mix is that good, but in case it does, we got you covered. You know, I'm from up in Boston. We had Killer Kowalski, and Killer Kowalski was a vegetarian. Yeah, you have to re a few people. <laughs> yeah, this is true, but that I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's uh, I mean, that you go to a nice restaurant, you're dealing with a hundred bucks a plate, and for this hundred bucks, you're going to get the dinner and the uh, the show, right? Yeah, and and the show is a show. It's like um in like a comedy club format um the the show is going to go somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half and then we're going to do a q a with all the talent um that's going to last an hour to an hour and a half by that time you know dessert will be being served and uh the lights will be up and then when that's all done it's uh a meet and greet that's um, all that's so I, you know, I think value wise, you're right. I mean, you could go spend just for the dinner alone, 75, 80 bucks a person on this particular dinner. I was very creative picking out the, um, you know, James, nobody knows this, but Jameson was, is Italian in real life. Right. And, um, I really, you know, asked them what they could do for this price. And, um, was really creative picking like three good appetizers, four good entrees, two good desserts that everybody's got a choice. You know, it's not like, uh, I can't imagine somebody's not going to find something they like in either right. of the three courses, but the show is the main thing. And, and right. um, we're going into this. It's a great space. It's very intimate. It's the top floor of this um, really beautiful Italian restaurant. Um, and it's got its own bar. It's going to be fast service. Um, really, uh, really professional. Plus, it has 
on one side, in view of everybody, no matter where you're sitting, they have a big screen and a projector in the ceiling. And we're going to air um, Jameson, the lost episode from oh. 30 years ago in its entirety. It's going to be like the world premiere of um, Jameson, okay. the lost episode. And the episode is hilarious. It's it's um, basically my it's a home movie. I shot it with my friend on a Super 8 camera. It was before digital. Um, and it was just shot as a demonstration to Vince and his staff to give them an idea. Um, after the Royal Rumble, I really didn't want to travel anymore. I didn't want to go on the road. And um, we came to a, an agreement that um, I would only have to do some public appearances and promos to uh, satisfy my contract. Vince was always great to me. And he, he totally understood that I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to travel anymore because I was giving up a lot of New York city stage work and, um, and other acting. Uh, so he let me out and, um, I wanted to give him an idea of what a storyline could be that we could keep going on television, you know, on their telecasts. Right. In, released in bits, um, but I could shoot it at home. My, you know, my house, his house, just whatever yeah. there was. Um, and so I shot this demonstration and basically the storyline is um, the Royal Rumble, 92. It was the Bushwhackers against the Beverly Brothers in one of the preliminary matches. Yeah. And I was managing the Bushwhackers. The genius was... Um, managing the, the Beverly brothers. And he roughed me up pretty good. The genius love that guy, by the way. Um, and it was saying, okay, so now after this, J Jameson being physically shamed, he's going to join a gym to get revenge on the genius. He's going to get in shape and kick the genius's ass. Well, and, I gotta uh, say, I'm, I'm looking at you now, John, and I don't think the genius would mess with you right now. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> yeah. You could be on the other side of the ropes today. Am I? Can you see that much of me? I, I'm looking at the biceps. I'm looking at the oh arms. Oh my God. Let me get closer then. <laughs> How, can you still see them? No, no. Good. All right. Let's, let's go from here. All right. All no, right. No, nah, but yeah, you know, and, and that had a lot to do, I think, with uh, my success there where I didn't look like a guy who was in shape 30 years ago. Like my character didn't, but right. you know, you, you stripped down to, you know, street clothes and even some of the wrestlers were like, Oh my God, that's the same guy. Right. And, and I think they liked working bits with me because I would always encourage everybody, whoever I was working with to, you know, beat the crap out of me. I, 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 had some experience, um, amateur wrestling, um, amateur boxing, did some gymnastics. So I was in shape. And for me, as a young actor, I wasn't really that young. But let's just say an inexperienced actor. Anything I did, I wanted it to look real. And right. there, were, there were a lot of the guys that I worked with, the big names too, were, you know, I think... Um, respected that because a lot of the non-wrestling personalities 
of that era didn't really want to get roughed up or anything. Right. And, and I was willing to go all in and, you know, and I got, I got hurt a couple of times in a very short career. And there were a couple of moments, but you know, it was so worth it. I, I, I mean, everything I, I, I never got embarrassed watching myself back on, on the telecasts. Like I always felt right. like even them, like, you know, ripping me out of the audience and tearing my clothes. Like I, it always looked like I was really hurt, you know, which was kind it of did. funny. Yeah. Now, but, and that's the other thing, like you say, a non-wrestling, you weren't on only a non-wrestling character. You were pretty much a non-wrestling person, right? You weren't like a wrestling fan going in, were you? As a, in real life? No. I mean, I was like probably every kid, um, you know, I grew up, I was born in the late 50s. So my childhood was basically the 60s. Okay. And the late 60s, when I found professional wrestling um, into the early 70s, I I enjoyed watching it. You know, one of the things, it was always disappointing because you know, you know who's going to win. And I think because when I got serious about sports myself, it kind of, yeah, you know, I kind of lost touch with that. But when I was a young kid, I mean, Mil Mascaris was my favorite. Oh, yeah. Because he was just athletically blessed. And he was a real wrestler. He was yeah. a real, you know, amateur, had experience. You know, he was a shoot wrestler. I mean, he was, and he's still alive. And I love that, that he is. Yeah. Uh, I think he just had a birthday or something. But uh, but I did lose touch. I, I didn't grow up. A fan. I was aware um, because of in the early '80s when Vince took over the company, and all of a sudden <laughs> you're seeing him on or his product on MTV and right. uh, and and Comedy Central, like everywhere yeah. on talk shows. Hulk Hogan bursting out of the, in movies. Um, it was hard, even as n- not necessarily a fan, but. Just being a normal citizen, um, I knew all the main talent from um, even not being a fan. And when Vince came to see me in a show, I recognized him in the in one of the rooms I was playing that night. It was like a dinner theater kind of thing where it was um, 50% scripted scenes, 50% improv. And... You know, my strength was improv. I, I I never set out to be an actor. I was uh, doing stand-up, and I got offered this this role. And Vince saw me, and I saw I made a big impression on him. I had him beat red laughing <laughs> um, during the improv segments. And, um, you know, that's how I got started. And, and when they hired me to be Bobby Heenan's co-host, I had agents approaching me, you know, where – most actors breaking in the big thing is to get an agent right. to so that you can get but i had people say are you represented come talk to me um and i i was like that accidental actor i i, I never but when i got the bug and um started booking commercials and other gigs not even knowing what i was doing um i decided to take it seriously and and it has a lot to do with why, you know, my biggest regret in my three plus years um, 
at WWE, WWF at the time, um, is that at the time I was doing it, I had no grasp of how popular my character was on like a, uh, what are they, like a cult. Right. He had like a cult yes. following. And I kind of looked at it during that time as like an acting gig instead of embracing who knew who knew right. when i when i found out you know 15 years later and more almost 20 years later that um there was this uh hunt to see to find the actor that played jameson back then i was i was shocked i was like what um yeah and joe bruin found me i mean yeah, basically that's... by luck by total luck oh. he found me and all of a sudden i you know 20 years later um i'm starting <laughs> to, i i started to grasp today's episode is brought to you by omeo omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in europe and north america effortless just enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. Best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win in our books. Omeo wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to omeo.com and use the code OMIO5 at checkout. Valid until July 31st for new users on all modes of transport. It's just the pick-me-up 2021 needs. Omeo, plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. I walk through the valley of death. I'm just one of many killers that's a part of the set. Y'all be talking out your ass like it's none of us left. You must be hiding giraffe pussy. Hey, what's next? Y'all don't really want the competition taking a belt. I'd rather die than take an L. Y'all don't know how I felt. I be murdering the game. You just play with yourself. You kind of want to say my name, but you got no help. I believe in Mr. Chaos. I'm rocking the bells, but it's dinner time. Fuck, I'm going to help myself. I don't want one bite, bitch. I came for the plate because I'm hungry like a dude with no food for a day. I ain't really want to snap, but you rappers on the way down. I'ma fight till my last breath, never lay down. Hear you talking shit, but I don't care what you say now. Hustle till I hit a billion dollars any day now. I'm just on this podcast, tip to hit a lick. While you mumble mouth rappers on your knees, suck a dick. Claim to be a fighter, but we know that you's a bitch. Have you hoes ain't even writing all the lyrics that you spit. I've been putting in work, but y'all don't know what it is to work a 90 hour week just to feed your kids. I've been down in the gutter, fight my way to the top. Thank you, God for all my people who ain't letting me stop 24 balls in and i'm only getting better ho sticking up the whole rap game let the cheddar go yeah that's part one just wait what's up guys jp here got big joe with me you're listening to the jameson interview we're gonna find out how my man Joe Bruin found Jameson in a second, but I think Joe, what do you think? We gotta spin this motherfucker or what? Yeah, I think we can spin it. Spin it twice. Um, not twice. Warm it up once. Mix it up a couple times. <laughs> Let me mix it. Yeah, we'll mix it up a little bit. 
And Spinner, what do you guys think so far of the Jameson interview? I know a few guys are out there. Uh, Mad Dog, I'm doing good, man. Glad to see you in here after our uh, our conversation the other day. You do what you want, buddy. Um, Joe Salander, I see you in there. I haven't seen Bobby D yet. What's up with that? Uh, let's see. Where's my... I got too many. We're That's doing a high-end high end production. It's good to have Jameson back. Yes. Did you see the? Were you? Did you catch the opening? I know you. Yep. Uh, yep. How how cool was that? That was good. I I had to freaking announce him with that that um the Groucho Marx mask on. Like I had to announce that straight faced. Nice. But he he enjoyed he. I can tell you guys like from the conversations with Jameson after the fact. One, he'll be back on, and two. He had a blast doing this, and that was, from what he told me, that was the first time the Jameson character was on film in about 30 years. There you go. Breaking ground so, again, the Irish. That's it. And even though it was just for a few seconds, I got a message right before I recorded the interview last week from Joe Bruin saying that no one else has gotten Jameson out of him and that it was my job to do that. So I'll tell you guys exactly what I said to him. I said, listen, John. I, Joe Bruin told me no one else had the balls to ask you to be Jameson, so I'm going to ask you for just a little bit. And he laughed, and he said, hold on a second. All right, now I'm gonna about to spin it. We shuffled it up a ton, guys. So, uh, Ricky Rickyton won last week, the China. This one kind of goes with that because there's a builder figure for um, a Paul Ellering in here. Um, and China had a part of it. Edge has a part of it, and that's the Edge we're giving away today, which is a cool ass figure. Is it courtesy beer or is it TIW Big Joe? Joe, you won the figure. You know what? Spin it again. You know what? You said spin it twice, didn't you? I did, so I kind of knew what was going to happen. You know, not that we rigged it or anything. I'm just saying, I knew, yeah. I knew I was going to win. I felt lucky today. We, uh, I, you know, I went, we started using the wheel, so it, it wouldn't it, be rigged. We were originally just yep, kind of picking a name. You know, I had a good therapy session today. Let's spin it again and see who wins. I need a therapy session after dealing and getting you logged on. Yeah, I'm kind of dumb when it comes to that stuff. But I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing about it. I hope you know that. Oh, oh this yeah. is cool. 66 megahertz who is an artist by night and a teacher by day, according to her Twitter. I was just looking at that because, guys, if you guys have like a, if you're a small business of any sort or you're someone that has, say, an Etsy shop or you're an artist, but it's more of like something you do on the side, as long as it's like not your main job, it's not your nine to five, you're not a millionaire, not a big corporation. Share that stuff on our page. Yeah. We'll talk you on. You know, we want to see that. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll, like, we've done that before with um, Ringside Art, and Ringside Art designed the shirt that I'm wearing right now. So things like that. And I happened to, when I did it, I did it because I was uh, setting the wheel up, and I came across hers, and it says, like, an artist by night, whatever. And I said, oh, you know what? This would be a cool idea to do. So I tagged her. I tagged Ringside Art. Um Take a few of the other companies that uh, a few of the other like businesses that we've dealt with in the past, 
So go ahead and share that. Use us as, you know, because we're going to, I'll be honest with you, it helps us as much as it helps you. So, exactly. All right. Do we get right back to it? What do you think? What do you got to add in, Joe? Anything? I, I just want to add in uh, that I will be getting better with all this stuff because I am going to go. I am oh, you're going, fine. I am going to learn about it. Um, and it's not, I, please, you can still make fun of me for everything anyway. You know that. Yeah, uh, I'll still laugh. I'm laughing. I'm not yelling. And I just want to put out there, too, again, like I put a, a tweet out on Facebook that you know, I'm trying to book, book ahead a little bit if I can. Yes. So if anybody has anybody they want us to try to get on, and I emphasize the word try because it's tough. You know, there's a lot of people that are outside of every podcast reach, but I want to try to get some people on if you want to hear from them. We'll, we'll so, reach out to those. Yeah, we'll, we'll reach out to those people. And, uh, you know, to the person who commented on that tweet, like if you want us to have your mother on the show, that's fine, but you might be calling us daddy at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, you might. Yeah. No disrespect meant, but I mean, if you're going to try to bust our balls when we're trying to do something to give you all an entertaining show, I'm going to bust your balls right back, and I'm going to go a little bit harder Absolutely. in your mother. <laughs> so, I don't know. Do you want to get right back to Jameson? Yeah, just want to say uh, congratulations to the winner again, and hey, even with your artwork, reach out. We'll, we'll, we'll push you out there again. That's it. That's it. You guys, listen, this this was recorded last week, so you guys have a good night. I don't know if we'll be chiming in again, but, you know, have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Next week, we got Lamont Price, who's a comedian up in Boston, but has done a lot of traveling and a lot of touring, so, and he is really funny. Exactly. He's hilarious. Check him out. His hand, his Twitter handle, if you want to see the upcoming, is is at L Pizzle. That's L P I Z Z L E. That's. And we're working on some other stuff. We're working on other guests as well. So just, you know, the guests are great. I love interviewing people. Like Jameson, at the end of it, was like, "Dude, you just let me talk." Yeah, you want to talk? I'm gonna sit back and relax. I recorded two podcasts that day. Crazy guy coming up next month. Oh yeah. Yeah, an old friend, an old friend of the show. Like we were, we reached out. We were a friend. He's a friend of the podcast long before he made the. E- and he's coming back after he got out. Yeah, he's done a ton too. Like he's actually, he's actually. So we're, we're talking. I'll put it out there. We're talking about Sin, out in Las Vegas, who was in WWE for literally one match as Kazani. And he's literally made a more of a name of himself as Sin the past, like, two or three years, um, tr- doing a lot of training stuff and promotional stuff um, than he ever did as Kazani. So that's going to be a fun yeah. one because he's grown. So he he was a big deal back then because he was, he you know, we got him, I think we had him right before and right after, like a week apart, yeah. his contract. And, uh he was a big deal then, and he's a bigger deal now. Like so, that's gonna be fun. Absolutely. And he is a crazy son of a bitch. Yes, he is. And like I said, guys, if you got somebody you wanna want us to try to get, send me the send me a, a recommendation. I I have no problem. I'll run out to anybody. I don't care. I'll walk up to them face to face. Yep, we've and, done it. Yeah. So here we go, guys. Here comes John DiGiacomo. AKA Jameson coming right back. My character was, and then, and now it's thirty years later, and there's, you know, there's still so much 
um, interest in getting me to go do these signings and um, and and I'm that's part of why I'm doing these shows now is that it's like you know I think I, I think I could put these shows on um, right. give give wrestling fans a great night a, a legitimate when I go do these shows and I find out that these people are walking in the door um, paying fifty dollars just to be there and then they still got to pay for whatever they buy right um, and nobody's feeding them nobody's and I'm saying well there's there's really legit talent out there to put on a great two two and a half even three hour show and and then yeah and then give the 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 crowd a a chance and it's it's a small crowd it's it's under 100 people um everybody's gonna have their moment one-on-one with the talent whether you're gonna buy their picture or autograph or photo op or That's, not, everybody's going to take their time with each fan because there's not that many of a, of them going right. to be there. It's, a, it's not 250 people at a convention or 500 people at a convention or or anything like that. So that was um, one of the things I wanted to do. And my son, um, he, I think he's a huge attraction to these things. I mean, a lot of people don't still haven't um, – gotten the connection between me and my son the child actor who you know in five years had a better resume than i had in 20 years um and booked this great gig with vince um at extreme rules 2014 i think um where the people that know me the wrestling the fans and friends that follow wrestling that know me knew that was my son he saw them I had no idea as a, you know, I'm obviously I'm a diehard wrestling fan. I've been hosting this podcast for way too long. Um, and I had no idea. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he big career. He was, he was on the highest rated Disney show, um, for three years. He had a recurring on, um, fresh off the boat on ABC. And then, and then he was, Kevin James' son for yes. both years that Kevin Kuwait was on the air, um, he did uh, probably the most famous commercial for the NFL um, since the Mean Joe Green commercial um, uh, back in the seventies. But he did this play sixty spot, which the NFL sponsors okay. with Cam Newton. That yes. if you Google Cam Newton play sixty. My son was seven for that commercial. It it really skyrocketed him to all these other gigs. Um, he he killed it. He got interviewed on ESPN. It was the same weekend as I don't know for football fans out there, they're gonna know what I'm talking about. But the uh, Mark Sanchez butt fumble game <laughs> was the same weekend, and the the commercial debuted um, Thanksgiving Day. 2012 um and by sunday night you know thanksgiving is thursday but it was on every nfl telecast by Uh, sunday night it had over a million and a half it it really on multiple uh, sites it had over two million hits on youtube it was that um in fact espn ran a uh, poll saying um 
who should be the Jets starting quarterback next week. And it was the, the same weekend as the butt fumble. And they said, Mark Sanchez, the backup quarterback, uh, you know, A, Mark Sanchez, B, the ba- I don't remember who the backup yeah. was for the Jets then. Um, and C was the Cam Newton kid. And <laughs> he, he won the poll. So they, they, they <laughs> he, my son won the poll. So, uh, but, and he was also big, big time breakout role um, in the movie Brooklyn, um, which was, I'm going to say six years ago, maybe. Um, it was up for best picture. And he got big reviews. This this little chubby Italian kid, um, it takes place in 1952 Brooklyn, and um, he ran away with it. He, he, he crushed it. And the kids never look back. He's just keeps getting, uh, you know, great job after yeah. great job. And, and we actually got to do a movie together, which is pretty cool. Really cool. Maybe my favorite moment of his career that, um, right. that I'm in the same film as him. That's going to be out soon. That'll be something that you guys will both look back on. I'm looking through his IMDb right now. And I mean, I loved the following and I know exactly who he was in the following. Yeah. And uh, awesome there. Uh, fresh off the boat. I loved, uh, I mean, white collar. That was a, a yeah, big show. he was five. He, you know, if you know, white collar, Mozzie, who is a big character, he was, yeah. he played, he was in, um, what's that show? Um, where he played the friend, uh, the four girls. Um, oh, um, with Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, oh, Sex in the City. Yes, Mozzie from White Collar was on that show. He was their friend. He was their gay friend. Okay. And my son played him in a flashback episode to <laughs> when he was five years old, and um, that was besides doing a couple of um, uh, print gigs for toys r us he's he's in a catalog he was on a packaging i actually have the uh the the toy with him on the packaging um keeping one for him maybe worth money someday but um yeah that was his first real job on tv was uh white collar and then just the cam newton commercial brilliant every football fan in america yes if i show that if i show a football fan that commercial they're like i remember this that's your son um but yeah really talented kid and what i've really devoted most of my time to from i'm gonna say um 2010 to uh this april um no but very recently I, i i've been able to start to he's older now um he's he's 16 um going through that life change where boys don't work that much because they're trans you know they're transferring from child actor to adult actor but he's well on his way this kid's still going to do some good stuff that's awesome and that's i mean you had a little bit of a knowledge of the business for him probably help him out but like he just elevated so much big time i had a you know it all snowballed big advantage going in with him and it's what's um, driven me to coach other kids that I see have talent, but they just don't have the connections. And yeah. and I work with kids to get them ready to meet either an agent or a manager. And then I release them. And if they, they have an audition coming up, they want to work with me. 
on. I'll, I give them my okay. time. And, um, but to me, it's, you know, I've done a lot of, and, and, you know, kind of put my son into that category of doing a lot of fundraisers. Um, and, uh, uh, mostly for animal rescue, but, okay. but there's, uh, you know, uh, humans, uh, are a little more important. So I got really involved in Meals on Wheels and I got involved with um, That's... with kids who could be, you know, could have a really good start in life, but just don't have the right um, knowledge or their, their families don't to point them in the right direction. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's important to give back and, um, yeah, I, I watch a lot of Undercover Boy, boy Undercover <laughs> Boss, which, yeah, and uh, and Long Lost Family. Any show that can make me cry, uh, I'm That's... addicted. Now, what um, have you done? I mean, obviously, you got the movie coming out. You said too, right? With right. your son, and that's right. the that's Brooklyn. No, no, no. Brooklyn was out like six years ago. This was a film. This is a great story. This was a film that I'm going to say two years ago, over the summer, James got a uh, special request to audition for it. It was going to be a short film shot in California. Now, one thing I know about the movie business is if you're doing a short film and you're shooting in L.A., you're going to hire an L.A. actor because you don't have to pay for airfare, hotels, that's what you're going to do. But it's a very, it, it's a gorgeous film. Very touching. Grab a box of tissues. It's about um, oh, no. <laughs> how um, abuse is passed down from um, generation to yes. generation in an Italian family. And, I, you know, I'm not saying it's only Italian families, but, you know, I think that there's, listen, every ethnic group has its share of abuse but this happened to be an italian family and it's kind of based on a true story and they were looking for the kid um that could make people cry during this film and they saw him in an episode of a show he he guest starred on um i think the show is on hulu very successful uh called rami um a really good show that the, the the star and writer and director and producer is all one guy and his name is uh, Rami Youssef brilliant and and James crushed his episode and these guys making this short film saw that episode and said wow. this is the kid we need and they were willing to pay for a short film pay his way and my way because he's a <laughs> He's a minor. Right. Um, right. For not only airfare round trip, but hotels for three weeks. He was wow. the star of the movie. He's in every scene. He carries this film. So the funny thing is they, they, you know, they didn't bring us out there for the auditions. They Skyped with him. And at the time, I think James was maybe 13. Mozzie from White Collar was on that show. He was their friend. He was their gay friend. Okay. And my son played him. It's a very, it, it's a gorgeous film. Very touching. Grab a box of tissue six years ago. 
This was a film. This is a great story. This was a film that I'm going to say two years ago, over the summer, James got a uh, special request to audition for. It was going to be a short film shot in California. Now, one thing I know about the movie business is if you're doing a short film and you're shooting in L.A., you're going to hire an L.A. actor because you don't have to pay for airfare, hotels. That's what you're going to do. But it's a very it's a gorgeous film. Very touching. Grab a box of tissues. It's about um, (laughs) how um, abuse is passed down from um, generation to generation in an Italian family. And, you know, I'm not saying it's only Italian families, but, you know, I think that there's, listen, every ethnic group has its share of abuse, but this happened to be an Italian family and it's kind of based on a true story. And they were looking for the kid um, that could make people cry doing this film and they saw him in an episode of a show he he guest starred on um i think the show is on hulu very successful uh called rami um a really good show that the the star and writer and director and producer is all one guy and his name is uh rami youssef brilliant and and james crushed his episode and these guys making this short film saw that episode and said, oh. this is the kid we need. And they were willing to pay for a short film, pay his way and my way, because he's a he's a minor. Right. Um, right. For not only airfare round trip, but hotels for three weeks. He was wow. the star of the movie. He's in every scene. He carries this film. So the funny thing is they... They, you know, they didn't bring us out there for the auditions. They Skyped with him. And at the time, I think James was maybe 13. Um, and they and I was not that stage mom that stood over his shoulder and watched. I gave I let him get on his computer, shut the door. It's 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 you and them, buddy. Just do your thing. And they offered him the role in that Skype audition. And they said, James, your resume is unbelievable. Who do you study with in New York? Who's your... And he said, well, my dad is an actor. He's the only coach I ever had. And he said, well, <laughs> you know, they said, you know, we didn't, we didn't um, hire the actors yet to play your uncle or your father in the film. Send us his picture. We'll let him audition. So, my son sends my picture and they they call him back. They say, James, tell your dad to read the grandfather role. Oh, geez. So I actually, and I got the role. I actually play his grandfather in this. And it's, a, and it's a beautiful film. And his parents, by the way, are in this film, are very recognizable actors. If you're okay. a fan of The Sopranos at all, they're both. Okay, uh, yeah. You know, the, I don't know if, if your father's Sopranos. His mom is played by Meadow Soprano. Um, oh, wow. Tony's daughter. Yeah. yeah. Jamie Lynn Sigler. Yeah. And his father, my son in the movie, um, is Lilo Brancato, who was 
he was on Sopranos for a season or two early on, I think. Um, and he was the kid, uh, Robert De Niro's son in a Bronx tale. Oh, he, he actually went on to get in some legal trouble and so oh, really? in, in jail and, um, but like oh, never man. missed a beat when he got out of prison. Um, that's, that's, he started working again and got hired and, and it's just a beautiful film. Um, I saw uh, an uncut version to date. The 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 cut version, the what's going to be at, what's going to be streaming soon. I haven't seen, but just in the the uh, the uncut version, I saw my son. It's like it makes it all worth what I've given up and devoted to him these last ten years. Um, he'll make you cry. He's got to cry a few times in the film, um, and every take, every scene where he had a cry, and I kid you not, every take, this kid was able to cry new tears. And all I heard all week long was, uh, this kid's not human, it's not. Like it was just really (laughs) overwhelming for me. And the funniest thing was, the first two weeks, my character is only in two scenes, but it's a really good role uh, for me. because I get, I get the whole abuse thing passing down. Italian. I was really? never abused, but I, I'm Italian, and I've got enough Italian friends and and extended family, uh, not a media family, because my yeah. parents were never that way. But I understood it, and um, right. how this kid absorbed this, and what I, I can't wait till it comes out. I can't wait till it's it starts hitting the film festivals because it's, it's, it's gorgeous. It's really gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a, um, an Irish Catholic neighborhood in Boston. So I can tell yeah, you it runs in shit. cycles. It runs same in cycles. Shit. And you probably had right down the block, a, a group of Italians <laughs> living there too, because yeah, yeah. that, that was Brooklyn so, in my time was yeah. it was Irish. And that's the movie. Brooklyn is basically how, Irish and Italian immigrants assimilated. And being a good Irish guy, brother, I can't believe you didn't see Brooklyn. Go watch it. Um, I, I'm a Boston guy, though. Like this, that, you doesn't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't I matter. will. I will check it out, though. I will it's, absolutely. It's beautiful. And if uh, this and weekend. I'm sure you have people in your family that mar- married Italians, and I'll bet you they've seen the film. Probably, uh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely people who have married Italians, and they have probably seen the movie. Absolutely. No Big but film. it's um, that's awesome. I will be. I'll be checking that out this weekend. Awesome. Now, who else is on the um? Who else is at Geo's with you? I mean, it's Mario Mancini uh, who toured with the WWF forever. Yeah, and, Greg uh, Valentine, one of my favorite jobbers, one of the few I remember from thirty years ago. Um, yeah, but he always was, and him and uh, Barry. Uh, oh, um, Horowitz. Yes. Oh my God. You know what I think would have been great. Um, you know, we kind of all, maybe not me, cause I was already older, but, but anybody in there, uh, I would say probably very late thirties to fifties, um, that followed wrestling back then. They should have had it like a jobber tournament. Like yeah. where you got to see guys that you recognized Ooh. as jobbers. I would have loved to see Barry and Mario go at it. For, you know, <laughs> I, it would have been hilarious. It would have been. 
and, that, and somebody gets a trophy. Yeah, it would like, be an you know, awesome match. Yeah, and, and some of the other jobbers, yeah. too. You make a tournament, you know, and That's, release one match a week and let that. There's so many storylines out there that that uh, I think they missed, although I, I don't have a lot to complain about. But when I was there, television, I thought, was pretty good and entertaining. And because I wasn't a wrestling fan and didn't have a lot of wrestling fan friends as adults, all that, it was infinite the, the the product was infinitely more watchable than it is yes. today it told a better story because of the jobbers there's no jobbers now everybody wants and back then like when you were around like that was right around the early wrestlemanias but like the pay so the pay-per-views weren't even a thing but like now everybody wants a pay-per-view every monday night yeah and when you have that then it doesn't mean jack right you know, so when you have the jobbers, they add to the storylines. They make the they make the stars look like superstars. Brother, you I'm sure you follow UFC a little bit. Oh yeah. Okay, so you know how they do those, you know, where they're in a house. Yes. Uh, you know what I feel yeah. they call that. Tough. Uh, the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Um. And and uh, most of the and it's the same shit with That's... Kitchen Nightmares. Uh, uh, I'm not Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen and right. Master Chef and all that. It's a competition. It's um, seeing who's going to get through. You'll tune in, even if only one place is determined that night. You'll keep watching. That. You have a, at that time, you put a jobber show on where it's eight of the most famous jobbers in a, in a, uh, you know, in a tournament, like, um, you know, single elimination tournament. It, it, it's quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. Um, I think it would have gotten great, and it would have been a chance for right. some of these guys who, you know, for one reason or another, never got out of the, the jobber phase. But it would, would have been a chance for them to have their moment, whether they won the tournament or not. But be, be, be in a tournament, be in a match, where when people are watching, they are really not sure who's going to win. But every match Mario was ever in, you know, he was losing. Right. Um, and um, I just think that, and I think they could bring that back. I think that's a concept that they can still do. Of course. Um, because, like, guys like Mario and Barry made you, you knew when they entered the ring that they were going to lose. But they managed to make you forget that during the match. Two really athletic guys um, who got it and didn't and, weren't bruised by. Um, and both really stand up guys. Yeah, I know Mario a little better than I know Barry, but um, I would always, you know, when I was there, it was kind of. I always. It's funny because I always felt like I don't belong here, um, and I'm in the good dressing room. And I'm getting the good catering. And there were guys that put on a great show that had a dress in the other dressing room or had to, you know, that weren't, uh, you know, especially when we went on the road. It was, um, I always felt like I really don't deserve to be here. And totally understood why there were talent in the dressing room that had no use for me. 
because I wasn't a wrestler and I wasn't, in their opinion, right for for wrestling. And a lot of Vince's, you know, Vince's guys around him, his promoters and um, yeah, and t- felt the same yeah. way. Old school was not a fan of Jameson's, and I was very respectful always of that. Um, that sentiment that um, wh- who the hell is this? I mean, Why is he getting so much airtime? Why is it? But what made it easier for me to deal with was that way, way, way more people, wrestlers liked me and respected me than didn't. Yes. So it, it, it made it because if everybody felt that way, I'd, I'd, I'd have left after my first contract expired. It was, I was that sensitive to hot and cold in terms of the the talent I was working with. Wow. And I think it's like that in all, like, I don't know about today on the television product. I can tell you on the independents, it's still sort of like that where, you know, ABC wrestler wants to know why DEF is getting more time than him. Well, why, why GHI has the belt. And it's just, it's crazy to me because, it's not a secret. I don't expose the business. It's not something I've ever done. It's a work, though. So you do what you're told, and you do what you're paid to do, and you get paid to do it. Yeah, you know, it, um, you know. I think sometimes um, the the expression "the greasy wheel gets the the squeaky wheel gets grease" yes. um, doesn't really apply to every no. industry, and no. I think this might be one that it doesn't because the guys that are um, in position to make those decisions, um, I'm convinced uh, they're not always the best ones to make those decisions, but they've been gifted that power. And, um, and there's sometimes decisions are made that really piss off diehard wrestling fans. And, um, but I'm, you know, I'm no, no expert on professional wrestling. Um, really enjoyed my time there. Maybe enjoyed my rebirth even more because I'm at least now in a position to recognize the love and the, the support for Jameson that I didn't, and I, I, I want to choke myself that I didn't really grasp that when it was all going on. But I think if you had, it might not be as strong now. I think part of the like, part of it is that you didn't grasp it then and you didn't recognize it then. So you continue to be Jameson. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? Until they put me in the ground, I'm going to always feel like I want to give something back to wrestling because. And, and, um, you know, it's, uh, like, like, I, I, I'm having so much fun with this now, but I'll never stop trying to convince wrestling fans of that era, the late eighties and early nineties of how much I love them and appreciate them and wish I did at that point. I, I you know, I, I definitely want to give back. Now, you you mentioned like, you know, getting active with the fans and stuff. Do you have social media now? 
I do. I have had since uh, since Joe Bruin threatened me to not have it. Um, so I'm on I'm on Facebook, and my my name on there is John Jameson with an E, not an I. That's uh, it gets misspelled a lot. Um, it's John Jameson DiGiacomo. I'm sure if you put in John Jameson, it'll come up that you don't have to worry about spelling DiGiacomo <laughs> to get up there. And just today, um, um, at Joe's request, Joe Brown's request, I, I finally joined Instagram um, because okay. I, I, I have a podcast coming up that's on Instagram Live or something in a few days. Um, so I joined. So um, I got nothing, no content up there yet, but certainly anybody that wants to reach out and friend me on, on, on uh, Facebook yeah. or reach out to me on Instagram. I will be posting on that at some point. Now I heard through the grapevine, there might be a YouTube channel. Yes. Um, that's in the works too. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I'm so behind the times. I mean, look at me. I was, uh, you know, I was, I, I was around before television. No, not really. Uh, not long <laughs> after television. Um, um, I'm not good with okay. computers and all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, we're, um, we're, with my son's help, who's like tech savvy, I want to smack him. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to do We're going to start up a YouTube channel. And the, the, the video I talked about earlier is going to be on there. And, some new videos of me and my son together and me separately and even him separately. He's, he's funny. I mean, he's, you know, he got the best of me. Like, like all, all my good qualities he inherited. And I'm <laughs> thankful that all my bad qualities, he only has maybe one or two of those and very, very happy that he's got none of his mother's personality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like an alimony payment. Just keeping it real. <laughs> That's now with um Geo's uh, sorry, I'm pulling my info up here. Um uh Geo's August seventh, Mario Mancini, Greg the Hymn of Valentine. Jameson, John DiGiacomo. I'm an Irish guy. I hope I said that right. You know, close enough, brother. Close enough. You know, 100 bucks with a three-course gourmet dinner. You know, buy a few beers, enjoy yourself, and just have fun. Yeah, you know, one of the things, like, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm repeating myself, but I get asked to do a lot of these signings, and it's so impersonal. Um, you know, they pay 50 bucks to get in, and then... Yeah. They're so rushed to to get their photo up and their their right. autograph, and they they you know everybody's nice. It's not that people are rude or anything like that, but you know it's not a it's not really um, an atmosphere that's conducive to being able to shoot the shit with the talent, and that's why you know that's one of the things I kind of looked at everything like what have been my experience from doing these shows? And I've done less than 10 of those signings, but I had some real heartbreak over doing those. 
in terms of seeing um, uh, old talent that's yeah. maybe, and a lot of them younger than me, just not in a good way and, and, and feeling like they've got it. This is how they make their living. And, and it, a little on the depressing side. Um, and also I was busy a lot. We were in, me, my son had me in California a lot of weekends. It was really hard to pin down these dates. But so what I did was I'm, I'm trying to take, you know, what criticisms I have about these signings. Um, and one of them is that you really don't get that intimate. They're, they're, they're very crowded. You're waiting online. Um, this is going to be 80 to 90 people. Um, plenty of time, given it right. two and a half hours to three hours to go meet these people. And, and, and if you, and if you paid the hundred bucks and you don't want to spend another dime, um, go talk to the, come talk to us. You don't have to, you don't have to buy anything. Um, if you want to buy something, you'll, you'll get it cheaper than mail order. Um, but it's just like, for me, it's like, you know, wrestling fans with COVID being over, here's what I've found. And, and I would love some feedback on, on what I'm saying here is that wrestling fans are awesome and loyal and with COVID being over, are not running to Cape Cod or to, um, you know, or the Hamptons or the Jersey shore or something. They're kind of checking out what's the next good show near me right and it's uh i just want to give them a, a really good option from going spending a hundred bucks and nobody fed you um that's you know what i mean and it's not just we're not we're not leaving um we're not leaving out uh big macs and fries right i like joke white them. house used to give out where where um it's three so courses true. and and it's like you know the 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 appetizer are, are like um fried calamari and um there's a oh a spinach artichoke dip for the oh for the vegetarians there's um you know the main courses um. it's it's like chicken parm eggplant parm for the vegetarians it's salmon um I, I don't. I can't remember all of them, but yeah. the desserts are unbelievable. Um, it's a choice of churros. Everybody knows what churros yeah, are, yeah. I hope, and um, or cheesecake. And it's all. I mean, it's literally an eighty-dollar meal if you went out by yourself to this level restaurant and yeah. ordered those three dishes. That's what you're going to yeah. spend. Um, and I just think we're giving up. You know, given so much more value um, than your typical wrestling appearance. And you get to sit down, you know, if you walk over to the bar right. and have a drink with Mario or Greg yourself, you know, and right. Like that's a different right type. You, or you sit in your chair and a waitress comes, brings you your drink, and you tell that waitress when Jameson gets a chance, when Greg gets a chance, could he come over oh. to our table? Could you? It's that kind of thing. It's like a wedding almost, like, in terms of um, so you're not much waiting more. on lines. Um, I'm, I'm, I know me and my son, and I'm sure Mario, I haven't spoken to Greg yet, not sure where, 
where his head is at and all this. But, you know, we're going to we're going to work the room while after the shows are over in those two and a half hours, we're going to visit tables and we're going to say hello. We're going to, you know, do the right thing and um, just hope it's I, I just hope that it sells out and there's reason to keep doing shows like this. Um, cause I'm not, you know, I'm very much of the mind you, you know, you let your fans speak for themselves. And if it doesn't look like there's, there's big move towards this type of entertainment, you know, I'm not an idiot. I'll, I'll, I'll step away. But I think that for just announcing this, that, that ticket sales are pretty good. And, um, and I'm hoping that they stay that way so that we can, I don't lose a dime running right. the show in, in two weeks. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll make sure it gets included in every, every um, show note and we'll talk about it in every show up until August 7th. Um, okay. Because I'm guys, now where can people get tickets? Are they available online? Okay, yes, there is. Oh my God. I don't have it in front of me. I should. There's a site. Um, Eventbrite. Okay, yes. Familiar with that? They could yes. buy them there. Um, and also, I have a Venmo account set up um, for anybody that does Venmo. And for any information about tickets, I'm going to give you a a uh, an email address. It's Jameson with an E, not an I, <laughs> like the whiskey. Jameson, J-A-M-E-S-O-N, X is an X-ray, W-W-F, as in Frank, at gmail.com. And okay. anybody that's interested in tickets or, or info, info um, shoot me an email, get right back to you. And um, if you're ready to, I could, and I'll, I'll sh if you have Venmo, I can share that information with you. And if you don't, I could give you the, the proper information for, uh, Eventbrite to get tickets. Okay, and I will look up the Eventbrite as well and make sure that I include that in the show notes. And yeah, hey, uh, JP, do you know um, Scott Wilder? I, I know who Scott is. I don't know Scott. Okay, I've met him. I've met him at Joe's things a couple yeah, of times. He's awesome. Um, is that Scott, who you're? Are you working with Scott? I know he's a hell um, of a promoter for that type of thing. He's uh, yeah, him and Joe both are like my liaisons, my advisors, my, okay. you know, that, 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 you know, Scott's awesome too. And if you're not friends with Scott on Facebook, he set up the Eventbrite. And I think both he and I are, um, it, I guess they call it administrators or um, yeah. to it where you see what's coming in. Um, I still don't know how to get in there. Um, but Scott Wood. So anybody listening, uh, if you're interested in tickets and you, you feel like Jameson is really as fucked up as he looked 30 years ago, <laughs> um, you can reach out to Scott Wilder and um, he'll hook you up. Awesome. And I'll, like I said, I'll find that as well on there. I'm sure I can. Uh, right. I think I, uh, I, I pretty sure I can find that in there, but yeah, Jameson, John, Seriously, I grew up, um, you know, I'm a little bit younger than you. I grew up in the 70s, but, like, you were on TV when I was watching wrestling. With, you know, it was you and Bobby, 
And I love that era of my life. So thank you for being a part of that. Uh, man, much love. When, much love. when Joe tracked you down, I said to Joe, because obviously I try to do the same thing. I said, how did you find him? Joe went, JP, I can't tell you, but I'll just say I didn't give up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's a great story, and it's no secret. I mean, I've shared this story on other podcasts, and um, I was running a nightclub in New York City. Basically, I was hired to hire the uh, to run the comedy shows and the music there, and I had this group of comedians come in that wanted to produce their own show, and it was it was a weeknight, so I let them do it. And in our discussions, they found out I was Jameson on WWF. <laughs> And they said, can we, can we put you on our poster? Um, could you make an appearance for us? Could, could, we, could we announce that? They were all wrestling fans, these comedians. And uh, I said, yeah, I'm not going to get up as Jameson, but I'll, uh, yeah, I'll get up and do a couple minutes and, and maybe introduce you guys. And so they put it on the post, their poster, <laughs> which in those days, there wasn't a lot of, Facebook wasn't, was just starting out. MySpace literally was in their infancies. And um, they, but but what you could have in those days was a, uh, <coughs> was a website. And they posted this poster on, on their website. And somehow Joe saw it. It was New York uh -huh. City, and he's up in Providence <laughs> or near Boston. Yeah. Like, and somehow he saw it. He called the bar. Um, and couldn't believe it. Did <laughs> not want to believe it. And incidentally, there's another guy who's um, who's awesome. His name is um, Phil Strum. Um, some of your listeners, I'm sure. He was, uh, at the time, 10 years ago, he was a pretty big, Sports writer did, did okay. column, had his own column, had his own. Ultimately, he became became the sports editor, and now is branched out even to a better job. Um, still with the same company, it's Gannett, which is the biggest newspaper in in the whole country because it owns USA Today. It has a paper in just about every um, big northeast city, and he did when when he saw the poster, when he saw the picture. He did like a, a like a four part series in in his local newspaper, like Sunday edition about Jameson. And um, and it was, you know, it that's when I just started getting wind of, wow, you know, you 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 have this cult cultish following and you still do. No, that's it's I knew the story. Um but I wanted you to tell it because I yeah. didn't know the side of the story from your cool. end. There's so many levels to but my life. It, it just shows you what Joe goes through. Yeah. And good, good guy. Good guy. But, Jameson, I do have to wrap up. We've been going yeah, just about an hour. I appreciate it. I do have the event right, so that will go in the show notes right away. You are awesome. Very professional. That's, Happy to do oh. it. They don't all go this you know, I'm, no. I don't love all of them like I, I love this one. You, you, you kind of shut up and let me talk. And uh, I purposely didn't say a word when I woke up this morning until now. <laughs> so I stayed uh, talkative. I, right, I buddy, have to thank you. Thank and you. Uh, Stay in touch. 
I will absolutely thank you so much. Hi, buddy. What's going on, everybody? That was it, guys. That was Don John Giacomo, uh, a.k.a. Um, Jameson Wing, a nice mohawk, Joe. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I have to introduce fucking Jameson coming on with the Groucho Marx glasses, and then you come on with that. Hey, it's been a long day. It was, um, it, that was fun. That was a lot of fun for me to do, because like, no bullshit. Like, I grew up with Jameson and Bobby Heenan, like, the four or five seasons of the Bobby Heenan show that they were with Jameson on it. Like, that was my Saturdays. And yes. I know, Joe, probably the same with you, like... Absolutely. And then to have him come on and talk about his son, and, like, his son is, like, a a, a pretty big deal. Like, the Kevin Can Wait and um, some of the other shows and movies that he's done and stuff... Uh, and the fact that he was Johnny on WWF, like I had no uh, WWE rather recently, I had no idea of that. That's that's the cool part. It's fa- it's almost like what father had, son now has. Yeah, in a and uh, you know the reason he talked about it a little bit, like the reason he wasn't ever supposed to go on tour, Jameson, and then when the WWE or well, WWF when they ended that Bobby Heenan show. Um, basically what they did was they said, okay, you know, you, we still got you under contract, but we need you to go on tour now, basically. And they put them with like the, the, the bushwhackers and, um, but he never wanted a tour because he gave up money yeah, by touring because he couldn't do the, the, the New York city comedy, comedy stuff anymore. So, but that was just a lot of fun. And. Did you get your sound back? I know you said your sound cut out at one point. Yeah, I caught the last like ten minutes of it again. Yeah, it was um a lot of fun. Just it was him talking about Joe Bruin and uh, how Joe discovered him, which was a really cool story too. Why don't we get Joe on? Joe's done it. Joe Joe's kind of I don't. Joe is a family man. Joe has about twenty seven kids. Yeah. <laughs> um. Literally, I think he's got eight. Um, and then he may, he does a lot of this stuff for these guys, um, helping them promote it. But guys, you can get tickets. It's a hundred bucks, um, for Jameson and friends. It's a hundred dollars, but that's literally, it's a three course meal and it's a nice Italian restaurant. Geo's in New York city, right? And I believe it's right in Times square or right in that area. And, um, you go in and you sit down. They, you don't have to go to their table to get their autographs. They're going to come to your table and, you know, sign your stuff and do whatever, you know, have a conversation with you. And that's just, like, different. And that was – do you remember talking about doing stuff like that a, while, a long time, like 15 years ago? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, so it's uh, good to see someone had the balls to do it because we didn't back then. And uh, I want to see this work. I'd love to see this work. I'd love to see this become a thing, you know, not so much just a one-off event, but like, hey, we're going to do the dinner in Boston now. Hey, we're going to, it's going to be in right. San Antonio, you know, it's almost like a traveling event, so yeah. so say. And you could have different talent at each one. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't all, although Greg Valentine's hysterical, Mario, yeah. Mario Mancini's a great guy and is real, pretty funny as well. So. And he's got his kid. His kid's going to be doing a uh, part of the routine there. Yeah, and and even with that though, you, like you're going to think about how vast the talent pool is throughout the country. 
whether you get legends or current. So whatever, you can get people throughout the country to do it. It doesn't have to necessarily be a stand-up act the whole time. It can be yeah. a road show, like what um, we saw with um, Hacksaw. Yeah, road show. Telling stories about the roads, yeah. But, guys, that's it for this week. We went a little bit long because the interview went a little bit long. I appreciate the people that stuck with us. I appreciate the people that are going to tune in later. The great part about that is you can always pause it. I'm going to edit the little part in the middle where I lost the um, I lost the connection to the uh, video. I'll edit that so it seems pretty flawless. And uh, that'll be it, guys. Y'all have a good week. Next week, Lamont Price. One of the top comics in Boston. Yeah, like towards the country. So it's really like saying it. I don't even feel comfortable saying in Boston for him. Yeah. Because I didn't realize he was a local guy, to be honest with you. And he's also a huge wrestling fan. So he's going to bring the funny. And you know what? Like we usually do when we have our non-wrestling fi- guest on, we're going to have him create his own character. Mm-hmm. Maybe use, uh, well, maybe we can do now. Maybe now we can give him the name. Hmm. Maybe now we can use the cards. I have the cards, you know. I have the you cards. You do. I have I have a copy of the cards. So I mean well, we're we'll talking get... about um oh. you and I will get together before next week and we'll 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 discuss it. We'll 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 make it a pretty decent show. Do we spring it on them? Yeah, just you know. Just spring. I mean, I don't know though, because like I don't know if we do the cards or not, because the honey badger was money. Honey Badger didn't give a fuck. Honey Badger didn't give a fuck. That was good. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. We'll just we'll we'll save we'll save the we'll save the cards when we have a guest in studio. Okay. All right. We can do that. But guys, that's all I got for this week. Joe, go right. ahead and say it. See you next Thursday. <laughs>